1: Hello out there. This is Matt Menick here with Michael Rogner coming to you for the uh, for an instant cast right after a, a Florida State loss to Virginia on the road. A f- five point loss for Florida State. Um, Michael, I think we maybe jinxed it. I don't know. We we ta- mentioned last time how uh, you know I don't think we had lost since we started the podcast up, and uh, we go out and promptly lose sixty one to fifty six. Although. Um, you know, Florida State opened as a one-point underdog for this game, so it's not like this uh, was, was totally unexpected. Uh, I, I, I certainly didn't feel confident coming into the game, but uh, e- even with that, it was it was still kind of a I don't know weird. Maybe it's maybe it's just a standard UVA game, but it definitely seemed uh, a bit a bit clunky. What what were your thoughts? Let's start with the defense, which I it's just is a mess. What Were your thoughts there?
0: Well. We're for starters. We're, you know, really missing um, Patrick Williams. That was the second game in a row that he's missed. He's been struggling on offense, and people have really been, uh, you know, pointing that out and and focusing on that. But but the one thing that they're, you know, kind of ignoring is that he's really important to the defense, especially when we go small. You know, I felt like, uh, especially in in the first half, we we really needed to go small. You know, more than we did, uh, but wait Rayquan Gray picked up two fouls, and as we know, you know Ham won't play anyone with two fouls. Although I should point out that uh, Rayquan Evans did actually play like a minute and a half with two
1: fouls against another Wyatt, game. So Wyatt uh, played about thirty seconds with two fouls against Virginia tonight, hey. and promptly picked up his third. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> there, well, there you go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I think defensively we're just we're missing Patrick Williams, and then. Uh, I I I kind of had a little bit of of, of a struggle with with Ham hey, not trying something a little different tonight. I don't you know I don't I don't know what that we went we went zone for one possession. Other than that, we pretty much just you know let them spread us out and watched Kihei Kark driving all night. I don't I don't think that Kihei actually you know he didn't he didn't play a great game or anything. It's just, it was more the guys around him that were able to, to do some damage off of our defense. And it was, it was a little frustrating to not, um, you know, see something tried, but I guess in Ham's defense, you know, we've, we've been watching this for 15 years now and, 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 and he kind of tends to ride it out and, and assume that his game plan is, is, is going to be, uh, you know, the victorious in the end. And unfortunately that was not the case tonight.
1: Yeah. It- it definitely wasn't, even though I, I you know, despite really not feeling never other than being up eight nothing um, to start the game uh, when when Florida State came out shooting making everything, yeah it 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 felt like we weren't playing well f- for most of the game. The defense was getting shredded repeatedly by the same action over and over and over again. Uh, and yet, there still was, uh, you know, a lead there with a couple minutes to go. Virginia closes on an eight-zero run over the last couple minutes and, and wins by five, uh, which is sort of the opposite of what happened in the first game when Florida State was trailing by four and closed uh, closed on an eight-zero run and won by four. You know, also, looking back to the first game, again, a game in which Patrick Williams played, um, and you know that game. So Virginia had 18 turnovers. It So both games were 62 possessions. Uh, Virginia had 18 turnovers in the first game. Well, Virginia had 17 turnovers in this game. Uh, so it's not like we didn't do – we we did what we do on defense. We turn teams over. But there's been some discussion around, like, well, how could we – you know, how could our defense not be ranked in the top five or the top, you know, ten or whatever? And the reality is that when we're not turning teams over, we're, we're not – we're not all that great at stopping teams from scoring because um, free throws are a way to score. And in the first game, uh, you know, we were able to go small a bit more uh, with, with the different type, with Patrick Williams giving us a different kind of look. Um, And, and UVA only had eight free throws Uh, in this game. UVA took, what is it? 23 free throws. Um, and, and, And they made 20 of them. So, so tip of the cap, for them making their shots but you know when when a third of a team's points come from the free throw line um I mean they made more free throws than field goals so I'll just and I'm, I'm not saying it was poor refereeing we just we just repeatedly got beat off the dribble and when you get beat off the dribble oftentimes you end up fouling
0: yeah, it's at some point you this and this is probably an off-season thing rather than a during the season thing. But you gotta you gotta evaluate what what you're getting by playing the the intense pressure that Florida State plays versus what you're losing primarily at the free throw line. I mean they they outscored us by 13 at the free throw line tonight in a game that we lost by five. Brad Underwood, who coaches Illinois and has them in the, in the top 25 right now. You know he coached that that really great Stephen F. Austin team that led the nation in forcing turnovers, and then he goes to Illinois, and he's fourth in the nation in, in turnovers, but his team stunk. The, his second year he was he forced a lot of turnovers, and his team stunk again. And he sat down and he did that exact evaluation, and now Illinois plays a completely different defense. Than the one that everybody associated Brad Underwood with, and they are top fifteen in the nation at keeping teams off the free throw line, and they basically just uh, don't cause turnovers anymore, and and their defense is much better. So I'm I'm not saying that Florida State is to that point yet because we you know we don't put teams on the foul line you know as as, as much as as um, Underwood's teams were doing, but you know games like this it's just, it's just pretty clear that the free throw discrepancy you know is, is the difference in the game you know other than that you know Florida State uh you know got enough got enough good looks on offense they didn't they, they didn't have a great shooting night um you know and and Virginia you know didn't what didn't shoot lights out you know it wasn't it wasn't like you know we've seen some teams do but It was just that free free throw discrepancy, and you know, it's at some point you got to look at, and and I I don't know what the answer is. Maybe the answer is stop committing so many dumb fouls because you know that the refs are going to call a bunch of you know a, a bunch of stuff just because. We're sort of hyper, uh, you know, aggressive. Uh, Cut out some of the charges if you can. I don't know that that's possible using college refs, um, but definitely cut out all the stuff where you've got Dom reaching in on guys that are 30 feet from basket and fouls like that.
1: I I do think some of it is just the dumb fouls, right? Like, I don't mind a good – obviously, I don't want a flagrant two that gets a guy ejected from the game uh, because you got to figure, like, for instance, that – that lob over the top of the defense uh, there with about a minute to go in the game that got UVA back to within one point, I think, probably doesn't happen if Bolsa is in the game um, or maybe even if Pat's in the game. Uh, But, you know, those, those fouls so far away from the basket when there's clearly not an opportunity to make a steal or, or, you know, even really, you know, disrupt the offense, um, those add up. And, and then you get to the situation where, you know, when there's seven or eight minutes left in the game the other team's already in the double bonus and so now you it's hard to get stops if every time there's a whistle the other team is shooting too and and again we're talking about UVA shot 20 free they made 20 free throws they only made 18 baskets uh so it definitely had an impact in the game uh and, and i think there were some people when Diakite went three for three from, from three, which, yes, that is an anomaly. UVA, as we've covered previously, is an atrocious three-point shooting team, uh, bottom five or ten in the country. Diakite himself is about 35%. Um, so him going three for three is, you know, one or two over is, you know, maybe one for three would be average. But you also had Clark go for four. So, you know, he, he's not a zero percent three-point shooter. Uh, and then you also had Raekwon Gray uh, for Florida State step up and, and go two for two. And he is a terrible three-point shooter this year. So I, I don't think you can – it's like you said. Um, it wasn't that UVA caught some magical fire and rode it to victory, shot 43% from the field, 41 from three on 12 attempts, and they took 23s, or 20 free throws. Offensively, I I, I do want to ask you this. Um, was Trent I, I don't know he just didn't see I mean Trent Forrest took I'm looking at this Trent Forrest took four shots uh, one of which was the air ball with you know a second to go in the game uh, so before prior to one second to go in the game he took three shots um, he made he had three rebounds grabbed a few steals one of a beautiful steal lead that you know led MJ that led to a dunk for Vassell I don't know.
0: Did he just look off to you? Yeah, I don't I don't want to speculate about Trent's health or anything. He did he did not look good and and last year, you know, we knew, we knew the entire season that the coaches were lying about the injury that he had. We knew that he had to have surgery and it was much worse than they were saying. Um, so, you know, it's it certainly wouldn't be a surprise if if a, a player on the on the roster is playing uh, with a significant injury and they and they're not talking about it. Uh, You know, maybe he's just tired. Maybe he's got the maybe he's got the cold or something. Who knows? He took zero shots in the first half. You mentioned he took four for the game. He didn't take a didn't take a shot in the first half. Um, That also kind of goes along since we're on the general theme of offense. We had zero offensive rebounds in the first half. You know, we come out, we we kind of get the great start 8-0 and then immediately have three sloppy turnovers, which is Weird in a game where I think we finished with what like seven turnovers yeah, we only game. had twelve yeah.
1: percent turnover rate, we have in bunches that's for sure
0: yeah, but it's just that that thing that we've talked about a bunch where, where where this florida state team, for whatever reason the last few teams just doesn't really have the ability to go for the throat when they you know when they have the chance, and sometimes that chance comes two minutes into the game, you know everybody's going to talk about the the, uh, you know, final five minutes or whatever, and we should probably definitely talk about the final 30 seconds. Uh, but, you know, Florida State, I think, had the chance to really do something in the first half, and and they didn't. And, you know, uh, once again, we're, we're sitting key players with two fouls and, and running out guys that, you know, Tony Bennett is just salivating to see in the game because – they're immediately attack if you, if you see a guy come in off the bench and the very first possession, the opposing coach is spreading everybody out so they can attack him, You know that the that that the other coach is happy that they're in the game, and you know that's what we were seeing. We saw repeatedly in the first half, and and uh, couple that with with Forrest just not you know being whatever you know not being Trent, and it was I th- it was a real missed opportunity.
1: It, it did feel like you know, Florida State could have led maybe maybe 15 to 2 or 3, um, which, again, some teams, I don't know that's going to be, uh, you know, heck, Florida State was down 15 to 4 against Notre Dame, uh, or, you know, last game and in, in blink of an eye. They're up 10. But it, it did feel like, like Florida State had an opportunity to jump on UVA out of the start, and, and they let them back in the game. And, and to your point, you know, stepping – you, you sometimes you just got to end any chance of an upset right away and, and control it throughout. And I will say, you say, for whatever reason, you know, the, the team does have a lot of first and second year guys, right? They're rely. I mean, sure. Trent is a senior, but we're relying on Devin who for the first time is playing major minutes. Anthony polite is a first time playing major minutes. Raquan gray, other than a couple of Togan starts after Phil Kofor got hurt last year, first time playing major minutes. Um, and then, and then, of course, Malik was didn't even play last year. Malik Osborne, um, Pat Williams is a freshman. So, yeah, they, you have a team that maybe hasn't quite figured out what it actually takes to step on the throat of, of an ACC opponent. Um, but it, it does feel like they had a chance there to maybe get a, a first round knockout or at least a knockdown, and and they missed. Uh, let let you said we well, you should talk about the final um, you know minute maybe of the game or forty five seconds. So why don't we go there? What so Florida State um, was up one and then uh, allowed a, a an, another blow by you know right to the rim for for a bucket to go down one and then from there it just sort of seemed to fall apart.
0: Yeah, I think we it was you know forty seconds left or whatever, and Florida State was down. One and we, you know, Devin Vassell gets a decent uh, pull-up jumper and misses. Mm -hmm. And Jay Huff comes down with the ball uh, with about thirty seconds left, or you know, thirty-five seconds left. Yeah, yeah. And Florida State doesn't foul him. And Jay Huff is a fifty percent free throw shooter. And Huff didn't even get rid of the ball right away. He
1: sort of stood there waiting for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew he, he knew that they were supposed to be fouling him, and so either the coaches did not prepare them what to do if uh, on on a missed shot when when there was you know roughly you know less than say 40 seconds left in the game or the players just totally totally you know freaked and didn't execute so you know it without being in the huddle it's it's hard to say but one way or the other that was just a terrible uh, uh, sequence you know and then it goes to Diakite he knocks down both free throws and you know the the game is is over once we <laughs> once we miss those threes on the other end
1: yeah and even those threes felt like I mean it, it does so I'll say this it's you know maybe maybe a confidence booster to Wyatt Wilkes it seems like the coaching staff and and his teammates had full confidence in in you know having him come down as a secondary break and, and really get the ball at the top of the key where he likes it, and he doesn't pull the trigger, right? He, he sort of hesitates, then decides to pull the trigger, um, misses. it goes into the corner, and then we already talked about transmiss. So it, it just was a – for the second game in a row, it felt like a really bad final minute or minute and a half. And, and you know, at home, Florida State had a big enough lead that they were able to kind of withstand – uh, falling apart in the last minute um and and in this game they didn't and and it cost them um, all right let's um let's take a break here for a second and then uh and then we'll come back and and we'll talk i, I want to talk just the general nature of block charges i it's something that quite honestly is just is just really starting to grind my gears uh and then and then we'll also look ahead to virginia Tech. And maybe just the bigger picture of what, what this loss means in terms of the race, the ACC race and, and moving forward. So we'll, we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not as a, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
1: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay. Uh, we promised a, a ref rant, so, so here it goes. It, I, don't, I don't understand how it is so difficult uh, for college referees, you know, because they get this right in the pros, but for college referees to to fuck up so many block charges calls, block charging calls, and, and, you know, you hear all this talk, oh, it's hard, it's, you know, things are moving so fast, and it's so bang, bang. No, 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 You're overcomplicating it. The The block call should be made, you know, am, am I think wrong to think that it should be made maybe 80, 85, 90% of the time? We should not be rewarding defenders for – sliding in, you know, getting basically in front of an offensive player just enough to get a little bit of contact, falling over at the first sign that the offensive player, you know, possibly maybe lowers their shoulder or makes an aggressive move to the basket. And and you're rewarding defenders for doing nothing other than potentially injuring players by falling over and tangling up feet. Am I am I off base here?
0: Yeah, the the weird part about it is is why is why do they do that it's not it's not a hard call it's a it's a failure from the way i see it on the NCA and and how they manage refs you know these guys are part-time employees they work way too many games they're flying all over the country every night uh as you as you mentioned the the block call uh call in college basketball it's 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 um, not a foul on the offense almost every time. And yet they, for whatever reason, they call that on the offense. And, and so it feels what like it's is It's a 50,
1: 50 call in college basketball.
0: So you're right. And why are they doing it? I mean, it, it, it makes offense more sluggish fans, complain about that they hate it they come over from the you know if if you're not a college fan and you're just coming over from the NBA the game is slow there's not much offense there's not much flow and they're just totally funneling into that and then they're also rewarding um, defensive players for flopping and all of the things that they talk about um, the defensive player that they shouldn't be able to do and you're just constantly 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 rewarding that and it's super frustrating especially when uh mj walker you know he turns his ankle and then he comes in and they and they all, almost immediately gives him a, a flop warning for going down after after he takes a three on a on a turned ankle and then right, well, you've got virginia on the other hand virginia who is legitimately flopping as they should because they're they're coached to do it because they get the call and you know they never once get get warned for it's just it's just you know, shitty refing and we've talked about it before, and it's not it's not against FSU. Everybody wants to say, Oh, there are all these bad calls against it's not against FSU. It's just shitty refing.
1: It, it is. And it, and unfortunate. unfortunately I, I feel like, you know, I'm gonna be honest, the game of college football is not in twenty-five years, we're it's gonna be borderline seven on seven. So I it, it already in my lifetime has changed to a point that it's it's if you pop in a you know, I've got some old VHSs, you know, Florida State even playing back in their independent days, uh, you know, going up to Syracuse for the for the Fula and Pascagoula and stuff, and you pop in those old VHSs and the game is unrecognizable from a physicality standpoint. And and basketball, college basketball, has an opportunity to really seize a market. There, there are there are folks, parents who aren't letting their kids play football growing up. Um, you know, baseball ha- has kind of lost its, you know, fallen out of being America's pastime in the sense that it doesn't it doesn't get the the ratings and attendance that maybe it did uh, 25, 30 years ago. And and the NCAA is taking what what could be, you know, the NBA is having as much success as they've had in 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 decades and, and rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, uh, the game lost an incredible ambassador and talent, but, um, college basketball is, is missing an opportunity by allowing this continued display of just abject putridness of, of refereeing. And, and And it seems like it's all in the name of not having to pay a little bit more money, not, you know, God forbid they lose a little bit more of the billions that they make uh, from advertising on the NCAA tournament. And, and what you result is like you said, you, you get a real, a legitimate foul call that should be called when MJ Walker lands on someone's ankle, that, that is a legitimately dangerous play. The defender turned around and stuck his foot underneath his landing spot and turned his, turned his ankle. That, that is legitimately should be a foul every time. And instead, reward defenders for standing in the corner or around midcourt and falling over when the offensive player touches them. And what does it result in? It results in a parade of free throws at the end of the game because you've had multiple players get charges. There was a point in the first half where three of FSU's five turnovers were charges. Um, And it's just – I really – I just hate it for the game and for the inconsistency that the players have to deal with. And it must be maddening. I didn't think that Mike. I didn't think that that Notre Dame particularly got the short end of the stick the other day. You know, they shot double the amount of free throws as Florida State. Uh, I will say that there was that error where the shot clock should have gone back to thirty seconds and it didn't. But Mike Bray has a point in that just the refereeing in general is terrible. It, it is it is damning the game uh, to being played at a lesser level.
0: Um, yeah. Kudos to Mike, to Mike Bray, actually, for, for saying something he was, he was, uh, he was trying to make a point, which probably wasn't there considering how the game was, was refed. but right. still, he, he actually, you know, is going to take a fine and, 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 and stand up to, you know, say something about the NCAA, which, you know, as you mentioned, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. They got part-time guys out here, uh, these games and then they have to make all their money in like four months. So they're you know, one, one of the – I'm just looking at the refs here. One of them last night was in Oklahoma. You know, the night before that he was in Rhode Island. Two days before that he's in, in North Carolina. You know, two days before that he's in Virginia. The day before that he's in Kentucky. You know, there's, there's flying all over the country. They're, they're tired. They're, they, they're reffing way too many games. You know, just just get a pool of refs. Send them to train with the NBA guys in the offseason. Make them full-time employees it's they're not that expensive in the grand scheme of things and but the NCAA is is absolutely not going to do it you know they're obviously not listening to this podcast for one but they're they're not going to do it they've 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 proven time and time again that when it when it comes to squeezing one more dollar out of these players or doing stuff to improve the game they always opt for for squeezing that extra dollar
1: yeah yeah and and I just, I just hate to see, it. I don't know. I, and I repeat what you said earlier, this, this isn't about Florida. I would be the saying the same thing if Florida state was taking those charge calls and yeah, you know what? Coaches should be coaching their guys to do it because it gets called every single time. And they are, they, they are turnovers and they result in free points later in the game when teams are going to the free throw line. But it's just, it just drives me up a wall that that defenders are rewarded for shitty defense. Um, and and worse put other offensive players in danger by sliding underneath them and falling over uh i don't i don't know we got to move on um so let's well, this is this is where we need a uh a
0: a sponsor where we could say like well speaking of shitty defense have you have you heard yeah, that's,
1: that's exactly right yeah speaking of sliding underneath offensive players get get the uh get the furniture mover sliders that you can put under any hard piece of uh uh, dresser drawer that you need to move. Um, yeah. so if anyone owns, owns a company out there that sells furniture sliders, uh, let us know. Um, so, so Florida state lo- loses to UVA. Uh, they're going to, they're going to hang around. I, actually, I don't know if they're going to hang They'll probably go back to Tallahassee because it's only Tuesday. They don't play till Saturday. Um, but they're going to play Virginia tech, uh, on Saturday. And so now Florida state is 17 and three, um and they dropped their second uh Atlantic Coast conference game to put them in a tie with Duke, assuming uh Duke wins tonight. And and so what does that do in terms I mean, realistically are we expecting Florida State to win the league?
0: No, I mean I've I've been saying <laughs> excuse me i've been saying all along that that duke is gonna be the one seed i mean we could win it in the uh we could win the, the ACC actual acs t- championship. Tournament. yeah yeah and, and it's it's actually looking maybe louisville has a chance it's it's like louisville and duke are are uh are are, go- are right there uh, louisville has a tougher schedule but they've got a one game advantage on duke so maybe they could do it i think uh and, you know barring uh something weird happening i think it, you know Getting the one seed in the in the ACC tournament is probably out of the question, um, especially you know especially now unless Florida State goes on some kind of holy terror. I think also falling to the fourth seed is probably, um, you know out equally out out of the question. You know yeah. it, it would take like some serious injuries or something to to cause that. So I I, I think that Florida State is is kind of still on target for that two, three seed, which we've been talking all year would be, would be great. Um, you know, it's, it's better if Duke is the one seed, but if they're not, you know, whatever um, you know, just, just get the double buy in the ACC tournament uh, to face your first opponent after you've, after you've had some rest and, and, you know, just kind of let it ride.
1: Well, and ironically, I don't know, at least for the ACC tournament is concerned. I don't even know if it makes a difference because if we were the one seed, we duke wouldn't also would not be the four they're not going to fall all the way to the fourth so duke would be the two or the three and, and we wouldn't play them until the final um and if we are a two or a three seed if if duke is also the one which which probably seems most likely since since their schedule unbalanced schedule is so much easier uh certainly than florida states and even than louisville's then we're also not going to play duke so I, I don't even know if it matters at this point it, it feels like we're kind of just I, I would rather, listen, we've we've been, uh, we set a school record for wins last year. We were second in the ACC two years ago, I want to say, um, or second seed in the ACC or three years ago. I, I honestly would just rather, um, let's just get healthy and get, get a rhythm going and, and be playing our best basketball uh, when we start getting into late February and early March. I'm, I'm not even sure that I'm that concerned over whether we finish first, second, or third in the regular season. Um, I do want to make sure that we continue winning, winning more games than we lose, because while we're not really in danger of falling all the way out of the NCAA tournament, um, I, we could theoretically, if we lost every game from here on out, uh, you know, we, it would be much better to get a two or a three seed in the NCAA tournament compared to a four where you have to play the sweet, uh, the one seed in the sweet 16. So, um, maybe let's talk a little bit Virginia tech just since that is the next game. And then we'll, we'll expand out a little bit and talk just uh, the next, you know, four or five game stretch in general. But uh, Virginia tech is a team that's been kind of up and down all year. They beat Michigan state. They've, they've had some impressive games, but then uh, I don't know the current score, but when we last looked, they were getting blown out on the road against uh, Miami and have also uh, picked up some recent losses Against uh, Boston College and and uh, and then Syracuse, which isn't a terrible loss, but it was at home. So what's up with Virginia Tech?
0: Yeah, they actually came back and got uh, within like one possession of Miami. They were down big, and then but then Miami closed them out, so they they ended up winning by ten. Um, so that puts Virginia Tech at five and five in the uh, in the ACC. It's, it's Mike Young's first season. You know, he he he's the coach who came over from Wofford um he, he unfortunately is another grinder you know he, he plays really slow which uh we you know we got to have something in the ACC bylaws to to stop this gotta yeah. start trying guys Every coach to get up and down the court in.
1: uh there's yeah, some good uh, news we only play UVA once next year if you just in case you've checked the uh, ACC schedule so there's that. that is
0: great news we're we're done with UVA for the year unless yeah. we see him in the ACC tournament and yeah, we only get to once so next year next, at home at home yeah so, between now and November of 2022, we might only see Virginia once. It would be phenomenal. Pretty, pretty yeah. sweet. Uh, but Virginia Tech, the other Virginia, um, they uh, do not turn the ball over. So, that'll be an interesting um, uh, thing to watch. And they're also one of the worst teams in the country to get into the line uh and so this should be a game without <laughs> very many free throws we'll see yeah i kind of yeah. have a hunch that maybe they'll be setting a, a oh, season oh they haven't played us yet
1: uh they haven't played us yet.
0: And then I also mentioned, you know, we didn't get a single offensive rebound um, against Virginia in the first half. And Virginia Tech is one of the worst offensive rebound or defensive rebounding teams in the country. So we should really be able to take advantage of them. They're they're a tiny team. You know, they, they just, uh, there there are stretches of, of the game where the biggest guy on the court is 6'6". You know, they're just, we should be able to uh, disrupt them a little bit with our size. We should be able to, to, get offensive boards we should be able to uh you know keep them um from doing uh uh what we just watched virginia doing which is kind of getting into the paint and scoring a bunch the the flip side of that is that there are only two teams in the country who score more on three pointers Mm -hmm. Uh, that's always a a bit of an alarm and so basically what we're going to see is they're probably going to take more than half their shots uh, from beyond the arc, and <laughs> and so it's it's one of those games where you're just hoping you know that that the other team doesn't you know win the three point lottery because they're going to be taking a ton of threes. Um, so yeah, it'll be an, it'll be interesting to watch. They haven't played a particularly tough schedule. Uh, they they they're living off their win over Michigan State early in the year. Uh, you know they they uh, they kind of got their doors blown off by good teams, Dayton, BYU. Duke, um so yeah, we'll see. This is this is a This is one of those road games where we'll definitely be favored, uh, probably not by much, you know, by four points or something.
1: Yeah, and I probably will. I, I don't know that we're going to have time to do a, a full out prediction uh, pod this week. Sorry, I've been on the road and traveling, buddy. But um I, so maybe I'll give one here. But I I think you hit the nail on the head there with with the free throws and three point shooting, and I and I feel like if we you know, if we can just get even average three-point luck. And, and so, again, you know, when we talk about average for, for, for Virginia Tech, that's going to be making threes. If, if they finish the game uh, nine for 22 or something from three, that is not some absurd amount um, for, for Virginia Tech. That is average. But they've got, uh, they've got a, a one-guard, uh, Jalen Cohn here, 55% three-point shooter on 76 uh, attempts. So that actually qualifies him for second in the country. Uh, Landers Nolly, the redshirt freshman, is 37% on 144 attempts. Um, another freshman guard is, is 40% on 84 attempts. Uh, so they can certainly stroke it from deep. And, and it's going to be important for Florida State to stay with their men on the perimeter and not, and not chase ball handlers into the, uh, into the paint and then give up wide open looks, um, for especially from the corner. But at the same time, don't give a team on the road uh, free points at the free throw line, especially when they don't get to the free throw line that often anyways. Um, so that'll be a really interesting to, to see how much we overplay uh, on defense and, and, and also whether or not we can turn them over on offense. I, I'd really be honest, I'd really like to see our kind of bigger – more physical, experienced guards take it to them. You look, you look at Virginia Tech's roster. as freshmen, freshmen, sophomore, freshman, freshman, a uh, couple of juniors in there. So you'd like to think that you know MJ didn't twist his ankle too bad. Uh, Devin, Trent, even Anthony, polite Raquan Evans, and hopefully maybe we can get Pat back um, and, and just kind of go over the top of some of them or, or and get those offensive rebounds. Um, I'm going to be optimistic. I thought all along we would go one and one on this Virginia swing. Uh, And so I'm going to be optimistic. I think that the team historically has had a really good track record of coming back after a loss and and refocusing, getting re-energized. And I'm going to say Florida state has a a bit of a get right game and, and just overwhelms a a young and inexperienced uh, VT team at home uh, at, at Virginia Tech's home, Castle Coliseum. Uh, maybe, maybe about winning by by six or
0: eight. Yeah, I, I I agree that that one and one was was the likely outcome. I, I had the games flipped though. So I thought we we're going to beat Virginia and then lose to Virginia Tech um so i guess that i will i will stick in the in the spirit of uh consistency that i'm raving about about the refs i will stick with my own consistency and i'll i'll take a virginia tech win by a couple you know all the fans will freak out twitter will melt down and then you know florida state will will do one of those you know win 8 of the last nine for the season or something and yeah. and all will, all will be well um you know this is uh if if there's this stretch of what is it like six games coming up that, that Florida State is playing? Yeah, we've got um, so we've is...
1: got VT next, and then we come home for a two game set, uh, UNC in Miami. Both UNC's looked better, but both very winnable games. Then we go at Duke, uh, only two days after Miami, so it's Miami on a Saturday, at Duke on on uh, Monday night. You know, primetime and then we come back for two more home games, Syracuse and Pitt, again both of them winnable. So we have we have this road game against Virginia Tech followed by four out of the next five at home. So you'd like to think they can rattle off some wins there.
0: Yeah, it's it's Probably what four and two would be the the that's the, where the Vegas bet on that. Yep. Um. So as, if Florida State can go four and two in those six, that's that's totally fine. Do any better than that's great. Do uh, three and three is is uh, unfortunate, but not uh, uh, the end of the world. Two and four is would would be way concerning. Yeah, that would be um, So we can we can lose to Virginia Tech and still go four and two in in the next six you gotta, you gotta figure we'll, we'll take care of a pit in Miami at home. Um, Syracuse and North Carolina are certainly beatable and, uh, you know, Virginia tech is, is going to be tough. Uh, Duke is going to be extremely tough. Uh, we shall see. Uh, but you know, you know, Florida state is, is great position, 17 and three, seven and two going to be ranked, you know, what 10th, 11th, something like that in the nation. You know, everything is, is, uh, you know, just fine despite the, uh, the unfortunate loss to Virginia tonight
1: yeah no I think four and two you said it right and and I look if I went game by game I probably I I would I just picked FSU to beat VT so I'd probably pick five wins out of the six if you just had me go game by game but that's not really how that's not how sports works and it's not how statistics works right so um, I, I think that when you collectively add them up and and just think about the you know, none of the games are we 100% certainty to win. Um, I think four and two does sound right with with the, you know, Duke road game obviously being one that is, is an expected loss. I'd say, you know, probably a a less than 25% chance of a win there. Um, And then, and then Virginia tech is maybe the coin flip. And then you've got, again, at this point in time, it feels like Florida state's never going to lose at home a game. Uh, But, you know, as soon as you say that, don't don't uh don't jinx anything, but you know, individually again, each of those look like four wins. Um, but or each looks like a win in and of itself, but you know, you, you gotta lace them up and, and look, Syracuse has talent. Uh North Carolina, despite what Roy says about his team, they've got talent. They got more four and five stars, uh, blue chip guys than Florida State does. Uh and and even Pitt has some solid talent. And Miami, of course, is always a rivalry game, so anything can happen, but let's say they go four and two over the next six. Well, you're looking then at a team that is uh, 21 and five and would be already uh, up to 11 ACC wins. So they would have guaranteed themselves a, a great um, a better than 500 finish. They'd be 11 and four and set up, you know, to really, you know, close like we talked about as a two or three seed in the ACC tournament and probably ranked somewhere in the top 15 to 18 of the polls. So. Basketball has losses, folks. This is not football. There are no undefeated – hasn't been an undefeated team since the 70s. Uh, so basketball has losses. Losses are, are learning moments and, and areas for growth. Virginia lost to Florida State last year in March and still cut down the nets um, in the NCAA tournament. So, so it, it's good to be 17-3 and three and 7-2. and two. Uh, with that, I, we will sign off. Uh, you'll probably hear from us again after uh, the Virginia Tech game coming up. Uh, for Michael, I'm Matt. Go knows.